Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rap Chat Podcast. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, make sure to comment, and also subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating, and also please leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at Rap Chat Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every single week. Now, today, we have our very first interview on the show. So we want to welcome Dave Hopla, former NBA shooting coach for the Washington Wizards, uh, the New York Knicks, the Detroit Pistons, and the Toronto Raptors. Known too many as the greatest shooter on the planet, uh, has personal records of uh, 1,234 straight free throws made, as well as 78 uh, straight NBA threes. Welcome, Mr. Dave Hopla, on to the Rap Chat Podcast. How are we doing? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Actually, I got 98 now. 98. So, uh, wow. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll, have to do yeah. some, we'll have to do some post-cut yeah. editing. Yeah. Um, That's not a problem. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. No great worries. Yeah, great to have you. So I think we just wanted to start off with a couple general uh, introduction questions. Yeah, we'll get right into it. Elias. Yeah. Wanna... Um, so something that we just kind of want to know about you, I'm sure our viewers want to know as well, is uh, what really made you fall in love with the simple thing of shooting a basketball? Um, actually, it uh, you know, happened uh, collectively. When I was a little kid, you know, I was a big baseball fan. I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, and I played baseball, basketball, and football. And uh, basketball is my least favorite sport. I was wow. a huge uh, San Francisco Giant fan. Willie Mays is my favorite athlete of all time. And then, uh, then I moved to Baltimore and, you know, moved into the city and, you know, I just was at the YMCA spending time up there. And, uh, you know, basketball is a game where you can get better on your own. So I was spending a lot of time by myself. You know, you could work on your ball handling. You could actually work on your passing, you know, throwing the ball against the wall and then shooting. And uh, I actually had, a you know, a terrible shot. I hadn't been coached or anything. So I didn't learn it really to shoot the ball correctly until I was 16 when I went, went away to my first basketball camp. But I spent, you know, a number of hours, you know, working on ball handling and everything else and passing. And then I refined it, you know, my shooting as I got older and, you know, then became a shooting coach. Right. Um, I was just going to ask, what was that road like to becoming a shooting coach? Like, did you always know you wanted to do that or was it something developed later on? Um, it actually happened, you know, by mistake. I just wanted to coach in the NBA. Uh, you know, when I finished playing basketball, I, uh, when I finished college, I went to uh, Venezuela to play basketball, and I went overseas for eight years. And when I finished up, I came back, and I, I wanted to coach. So I, you know, being assistant coach, it wasn't even like shooting coaches back in those days. And But I sent videos out of me, you know, working guys out and, and uh, you know, myself working out. And I got two letters back uh, – one was from Doug Moe, who was coaching the Denver Nuggets, and the other was Mike Schuler coaching the Clippers, and basically saying thanks, but no thanks, you know. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I started coaching at a junior college in, in Baltimore, Maryland, where I had attended, and uh, I was an assistant coach there, and then I became head coach, and, uh, you know, we always shot the ball well, and then people were like, you know, hey, you know, can you come in and work with our team? And back then, colleges could bring you in and everything. Now there's so many rules and regulations, they can't, and so I branched out and became, you know, a shooting coach. And uh, I started working out local high school kids. Then the high school kids became college kids. And it just, you know, grew and grew. And then I had my own uh, basketball shooting camps. And I went around the country doing shooting demonstrations. And then it just, like, grew and grew. And uh, I always tell people, you never know who's watching you. Yeah. You know, so always do your best. So 
I was doing a camp uh, down at uh, UCF, the University of Central Florida in Orlando, and actually Vince Carter was a camper there. Years oh, wow. Ago. <laughs> no way. That was, that, that's how old I am. He was actually a sophomore in high school, so no I don't know how many years I've been doing this stuff yet. And uh, so uh, George Carl was going to be the next speaker after I was done. And uh, I had finished doing my lecture, and George was mesmerized, and he said, you know, you're the best shooter in the universe. And he goes, I'm going to bring you out to Seattle. And he brought me out to Seattle, but only as a consultant. I came out like for training camp and came out like uh, three times during the season. And uh, like I said, you know, if I would have been there, not, you know, caring or not being passionate, enthusiastic and, and uh, loving the game, I would have never had that opportunity. So, uh, you know, I went out there and an agent started hiring me and I started working guys out, getting ready for free draft camps. And, uh, the way I got up to uh, Toronto was actually Sam Mitchell was an assistant for George in Milwaukee for a while. And I was dating my wife and she lived in Chicago and she had gone away for a while. So, uh, you know, I called George Carl up and said, would it be okay if I came up and watch, you know, practice for a few days and spend some time? And he said, sure. So I went up there and, uh, you know, Sam Cassell was on the team at the time and Sam being a Baltimore guy and me being a Baltimore guy, you know, I was working him out a little bit, you know, and uh, Sam Mitchell said, you know, if I ever get a head job, I'm going to hire you. Now I've heard that a million times before, <laughs> oh, wow. Sam, Sam, Sam was true to his word. He brought me up, he brought me up to uh, Toronto, uh, you know, Andre Bargnani's rookie yeah. year. We actually won the Atlantic division. Somebody had to win it that year. I think we were like 42 and 40 and won it, but uh, <laughs> that, 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 that division was really bad, but, but Sam was coach of the year and everything. We, we had a great, great group of guys. I mean, we were like Team Euro. We had all the Europeans. You know, yeah. we had Rasha Sterevich. I mean, even Anthony Parker had played overseas. Yeah. We had Garbo Hosa. And I think if Garbo wouldn't have got hurt, we would have uh, we would have beat New Jersey, you know, because Garbo had a toughness with them, you know. And it yeah. uh, was just a really bad injury he suffered late in the season up in Boston and everything. But we had a great group of guys. I mean, you know, we had TJ for Euro slow car pops sal PJ Tucker. How about that? Oh, oh yeah, right here. Toy shooter in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, I forgot about that. PJ's rook, his rookie year, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we had a great group of guys, and the guys all got along so well. Like, you know, we would be out as a, a coaching staff having dinner, and all of a sudden walking in, you know, to the restaurant, you figured to be like, you know, TJ and Chris Bosch, you know, two to – of our highest paid players, two African Americans, right? Yeah. You figured, you know, they had and they're both from Texas. You figured they'd TJ's walking in with Euro Slowcar and Rosho Nesterovich. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the guys, the guys all got along so well and it showed on the way we played. I mean, we moved that basketball. I mean, we were so much fun to watch. I mean, that ball, we swung that ball from side to side around the horn and it was uh it was a great group of guys. And like I said, if my wife uh could have worked out of Canada I would have stayed because just the the whole city I mean uh you know the whole organization every everybody was fantastic and even when I was with the other teams you know I always enjoyed going back to Toronto everyone was so friendly coming back and so forth you know yeah Toronto Toronto I think does have a you know a little bit of a league-wide reputation for being a um, you know, a place that accepts a lot of people, yeah, right? No one, like, no one ever leaves angry. Everybody yeah, exactly, always loved their time there. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, just to, yeah. I just have something to elaborate on there. Um, just to elaborate on what you said, um, did you did you think back then when you first got hired by Toronto that shooting, like especially three-point shooting, would be as big as it is now? 
No, I actually think it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the game of basketball. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, it's it's gotten so out of hand. I mean, you know, it's nice when the ball goes in, but when you have like, you know, Houston went 0 for 27 a couple yeah. of years ago mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and it, it's just like, you know, you have like Brook Lopez shooting threes. Joel Embiid, you know, he, he, he starts shooting him in the fourth quarter because he's so out of shape he can't get down in a low post in the fourth quarter, you know. So, but – How's the seven-footer supposed to rebound when he's 30 feet from the basket? Yeah. Now, think of this. If Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was playing today, he'd probably be coming off the bench. Wow, that's actually really interesting to think of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? No, he can't shoot. Yeah, he no, can't he, shoot. Was so good. he was so good, he'd probably hit the hook shot from three. That's yeah. Really that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just become – I mean, every shot's a three. It's like – it's just so – but the thing is, right, and I understand the analytics, guys. You know, I understand the numbers and, you know – 33% is equal to 50%. But here's what they don't take into consideration. You better have a 33% shooter shooting that. You can't yeah. have Anthony Davis right now or, or Giannis shooting mm-hmm. a three and think, you know, Giannis shouldn't shoot a three ever. Yeah. <laughs> he does a team a favor when he shoots that ball. You know, and it's just like, you know, seeing bad shooters take bad shots. And there's no, right now, there's no such thing as a bad shot. No. Yeah, that's, fair that's enough. True. Yeah, nope. that's true. They can all be rationalized. No, nobody, nobody does uh, time and score anymore. It's like you know, just just try to shoot as many threes as you can. Hopefully, some of them go in, and it just it gets ugly, you know, when they're not going in. And it's like yeah, you know, it does. but here's the here's the thing. Whenever a game's on the line, where does everybody try to get to? Yeah, an elbow mm-hmm. jump shot at game time. You know, you run a high pick and roll. Chris Paul's getting yeah. to the elbow. Devin Booker, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, mm-hmm. Paul George. DeMar DeRozan, I love him. <laughs> yeah, De- DeMar DeRozan doesn't even shoot a three for crying out loud. I think yeah. he had all those 30-point games. He had like three threes, and he had them in one game. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 got, you know, it still has to be part of, the, part of your game. And it's like, you know, it's you don't see it. And what kills me is like when a guy has a layup and then he throws it out oh, for yeah. the three. It's like Ben Simmons. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Stay on that one there. So, so where it's where just, do you uh, think? It's, it's, sorry, no. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Oh, uh, so where do you think that's that comes from? Where do you think this? You know, shooting too many threes. How do you think that's evolved into what it is today? Analytics. Oh, okay. You got all these analytic people, and you know, here, here's an interesting thing. When I when I was with the Knicks, right, we had analytics. So uh, I'll never forget we were playing. We we're playing. Uh, it was my second year there. We we're playing like San Antonio. San Antonio the number one defensive team in the NBA. And we're playing Charlotte the next night on a back-to-back. And Charlotte's like the 30th uh, team in defensive, you know, uh, efficiency. So they're the worst. We've got the best and then the worst. So they're up like 32. So Pop, you know, he, he pulls the starters, puts in the third string. I think he put the equipment manager in and so forth. You know, and he's telling the guys, don't foul don't foul. I want to get out of here. He probably had a dinner reservation at Smith and Winsky's with a nice bottle of wine. Let's, let's just end this debacle and get out of here. So what do we do with the Knicks? Well, we're pulling our guys because, you know, we're not going to win this game, but we have, we can beat Charlotte. So we pull our guys. We put a guy in, uh, Teray Murray. Uh, you know, he had a cup of coffee in the league, right? He went to Wichita state. So Teray ends up, uh, being like a plus, 18 against the number one defensive team in the NBA. The analytics guy comes in. He's, he's a plus 18. Nobody's a plus 18 against the number one defensive team. He's a plus 18. He's a plus 18. We're like, it was a 32-point blowout. Yeah. He played against the third string. So 
what do we do? Well, okay, we'll, we'll prove a point here. Okay, we're, we're playing we're playing Charlotte. We'll start them tomorrow. Wow. We start them against the 30th defensive team, the worst defensive team in the NBA. After six minutes, he's a minus 12. Wow. Because he's playing against starters. He's playing against starters now. See, the analytics, they don't take anything yeah. into consideration. It's the numbers. Yeah. And uh, my daughter – God bless her soul. She's a terrible athlete, but uh, she tries. So she's, uh, she's playing lacrosse, right? I got to tell like this. I mean, I love her. She's just she's yeah, not an athlete. So, so anyway, she's playing lacrosse, right? So their team didn't win a game. So uh, they have these districts, right? And anybody can go into districts. Now, why the athletic director would allow a team that didn't win a game to go into districts is beyond me. That's a whole other story. So, they put them in the district. So if you're the worst team, guess who you play in the first round in the districts? The best team. You play the number one team. It's 19 nothing at halftime in lacrosse. Wow. In lacrosse, oh, too. Now, oh, my God. So the thing is, now here's what happened. The lady coach, she actually went on vacation. So the AD who okayed the game ended up having a coach. So I told him <laughs> it's his own fault. He deserved it. They shouldn't be on the field. So it's 19 nothing at halftime. The final score was 19 nothing. Wow. Now, because the team just got the ball, and they ran to the net, they passed to you, ran to the net. They never took a shot on yeah, goal. Yeah. Now, guess what the analytics guy would say? Your defense was unbelievable. In the <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, they didn't. They, it was so good, they didn't even get a shot on goal. Yeah, yeah. It does take nothing. No context. It's all about the numbers. And, you know, some of the stuff's good. Don't get me wrong, but – you know, so many people just live and die by the analytics. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know, I just think, you know, there's a lot of people nowadays, you know, uh, in the NBA, they're not really basketball people. You know, they're just like, you know, they're 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 the numbers people and oh, so yeah. forth. And it's, you know, they, they've never played the game. It's uh, This is the numbers. The numbers are with the numbers. And they're just like in here not considering the other factors and everything. So. Yeah, that's, but, um, that's and now I mean, you, you look at, you see staffs. I mean, there's more assistant coaches and players yeah. on every yeah. Yeah. Like three, three rows of like, three rows of coaches. <laughs> what are all these guys doing? I'm yeah. like, what's <laughs> happening here? So, but all right. So, you know. did we want to move on with the next question? Or do you have one? Right oh there? no, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so this is just a question that I that I kind of had, and just something that I was that I was curious about. Um. When new players are coming into the league, and when when uh, you know when you're coaching and seeing new players, even new players today as they advance, what are some of the most common issues you see with people's shooting forms? Um, everyone's different and everything, but uh, one of the big things I don't know when it started. Guys are like continually like dropping their balance hand, one hand's up mm. and the other one's down, and they're twisted. I don't know where that came in, but you know. You watch guys when they're shooting rounds, two hands up, two hands down, and all of a sudden they twist and turn their bodies facing one way. And uh, I think, you know, overall, uh, you know, people don't talk a lot about the follow-throughs. You know, guys, mm-hmm. you know, you know, twist. And what happens when you drop one hand, like I'm right-handed. So when I actually call my, my other hand this the balance hand. Now, a lot of guys call it a guide hand. I said, what does the guide hand do? And they said, the guide's the ball into the hoop. And I tell them, well, the way you shoot, you should call it a misguide hand. <laughs> but, but the thing is, in other coaches, you know, a lot of coaches call it an offhand. I don't want my shot to be off, so I don't use any negative verbiage. Mm. So I said, oh, you know, off is a bug spray. Keeps the bugs off. I think differently. 
And then other coaches called a non-shooting hand. Well, if you're a non-shooter, you can't shoot. Wow, yeah. So I call it a balance hand because its job is to just help me balance the ball. We get the ball from here to here, and that's it. The shot's over. Now you get some people, you know, like uh, you look at uh, what's his name, Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I was like just gonna say. Yeah. Right. He's like this here. Now you can change to be. Look at what his brother did with his Lonzo, shot. Yeah. He went from over here now, and I mean, he was shooting 40% from three until yep. he got hurt. Yep. But to go back to it, you know, uh, you know, teaching the foulers. So what happens, guys, when they drop their balance hand, I have a power struggle. I'm trying to get my right side going this way, and I'm pulling my left side back. And that's what happens. They drop it so quick. Now my body's going to twist and turn. So I'm either going to miss left or I'm going to try to correct it by shooting to the right. That's why you see these hands going all over. Whereas you want you know, everything two hands up, two hands down, and so forth. So that's uh, I'm big, you know, with the with the you know the catch, you know, hand positioning on the ball and the follow through. And I watch a lot of guys. I mean, they don't even catch the ball correctly. They they catch it, their hands are up. So now I if I catch here, what do I got to do? Shoot! I got to like play the piano in the middle mm-hmm. of the shot. Yeah. If I show the palm to the passer, and you try, you know, you can catch a ball with one hand. If we play catch. If my hand's in the center of the ball, and I can't catch it if my hand's on the side. Yeah. But you'll see guys catch a ball like that and go up to shoot it, and then they got to twist and turn. So I always tell people, we eliminate motion, we increase accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more moving parts you have, you know, the more problems you have, you know? And I think something I've noticed is, like, with someone uh, like Jaron Jackson in Memphis, he's got a shot form that almost looks like a little kid's form. And I was wondering, yeah. if, I know in Canada, at least we grew up with smaller balls as we go through right, uh, yeah, yeah. like elementary school, then to high school, we play with the women's ball in, in middle school. And mm-hmm. I've heard that in the U.S., they they almost use the men's ball like as they as it's, they grow up. Yeah, you know what? That's, it's a great point. We've been playing, I've been playing this and, you know, others have too. You look at the NBA, right? And I say this, Canada has done a great job developing players. Look at all the great players coming out of Canada. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, it's the it's the you, league's largest percentage of uh, people who are from another country outside of the United States. From another country, yeah. right? And I mean, it's you. You guys have done a great job, and I, I say, and I, I've gone all over the world doing camps and clinics. Right now, everywhere, like same thing. You go to Europe, they have a ball smaller than the girls called the mini basketball, mm. and they start the real little kids off like at a six foot hoop. You know, when they're six years yeah, old, we do that too. Yeah, yeah. then we they go too. in. Then they go eight foot, nine foot, and ten foot. Yeah. In America, my daughter played very poorly as well when I was <laughs> with the Pistons. She was ten years old, right? She's ten. She can't reach the bit. She's shooting the regular free throw from the free throw line, a foul shot when she shoots it because it's definitely foul. But she she's lucky if she can hit the backboard. Right. Right. They had like one girl that could actually like maybe make three out of ten on a good day. I mean, they're playing at the same shooting from the same distance LeBron James yeah, is right. yeah. your old girl. You know, and the score's like, you know, eight to two or something. You know, oh, yeah, and one girl right. only yeah. one for four yeah. eight. It's the girl that's it's like terrible. the tallest and strongest. Yeah. yeah, right. The tallest and strongest. And then, like I say, this baseball in this country, right? American baseball, America's uh pastime. Everywhere it's the same no matter where you go. They play T ball where the ball actually sits on a T and the kid hits it. You know, and it, you know, you, you can't miss it. I mean, well, I guess some of them probably could, but you could get the thing. So then they go from T-ball to where the coach or the parent pitches. So they basically mm-hmm. pitch it under him. And if the kid's really bad, the parent gets pretty good, at least hitting the bat so the kid doesn't look like a complete fool, right? 
So then after that, the next stage is they play Little League Baseball. You don't take a kid out to Yankee Stadium at 10 years old mm-hmm. and tell him to throw to home plate. It's too far. Yeah. They have closer bases. The pitcher's mound's closer. The outfield fence is closer. And then you graduate. Then you finally mm-hmm. go to Babe Ruth. And then, you know, and in basketball, we go and we play a 10-foot. So you're seeing kids with such bad form because what also they're doing, they play with the three-point line. So where does every kid run to yeah. at such yeah. a young age? They run out to three. And I'm sure you guys have watched it like it uh, before or after a Raptors game or even halftime. You have the little kids play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they try to shoot the NBA three. Yeah, and they're like throwing it like this. <laughs> yeah, so they do everything. So now you're trying to correct bad shots. Right. But the only way they can get it, it's like if I were to go out and shoot, uh, say, from right inside midcourt, I'd be like throwing the ball with. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have shooting. Well, that's what amazed me. Like with Steph and Trey, they're not big guys, and Fred Van Fleet, the range that they have. You know, they still they're actually shooting the ball or not throwing it. But most of these young kids, you can't develop that at ten years old or twelve. So you have all these bad habits going through. And like you know, even Steph says, my dad didn't let me shoot threes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Del Curry didn't let him and Steph shoot threes till they got to high school. But we're so everyone just runs out there, and then you know. I hate to say it. I always say, you know, when not only I said it, but like Mark Jackson, Steph has actually ruined the game for so many people because every kid thinks they're Steph yeah, Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they turn around like they're not able to watch the follow through because they see many all star right. games. And they all start running away. <laughs> that that's Steph Curry, man. Mm-hmm. That ain't you. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's just funny. But I was happy to see the other night they actually called a travel on one of those uh, side step threes that he oh, took, yeah. and I saw another travel. With Joel and B, they yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harden's yeah. yeah. teaching yeah. them the moves. Yeah, yeah, he's teaching them it all right. So, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's crazy. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, it, you know, um, it, it does seem that a lot of these bad habits, like like if you look at, at somebody like LaMelo Ball, it does seem like there's almost a push. Like there's like, it's like a two-handed, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that's what I would do two-handed. when I was like 10 years old trying to shoot a basketball, you know? Um, but even, it, even Trey, I hear when Trey Young was younger, he's better now, but when he first came to Lee, well, he's just pushing the ball, trying really hard. He's jumping really far forward, trying to push that ball yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. I'll actually I'll just show you this in a second here. You guys can see this here. Can you see it? Uh, you'd have to put it right in front yeah. of your camera. Oh, okay, and let me see where my camera's at. Here. There we go. Yeah, a little bit come... farther back to the right, to the right. Uh, or left, sorry, left, sorry. left to the left. <laughs> your left, your left. And farther yeah. back, farther back. My left. Uh, a little bit down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there, there we go. go. There yeah, we go. That's perfect. Go. That's perfect. perfect. Oh, oh tap, tap, tap your screen. Just tap the phone screen. It just kind of went. Yeah. There, there we go. go. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Perfect form. <laughs> Isosceles triangle. Yeah, huh? a diamond. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's it's uh it's it's interesting. Even even Doc Rivers on Austin Rivers is in that same. Yeah. Position. Yeah. It mm-hmm. almost looks like a vo- almost looks like a volleyball set. Yeah. You know, like yeah. You're going to set the volleyball and so forth. You know. Yeah, yeah, and totally. even like even guys like Thaddeus Young does the Lonzo thing, yeah. where he, he shoots from his uh from his other shoulder. Like, where? How did right. that become a thing? Do you think? You'd have to talk to his dad. Basketball. <laughs> I mean, you talk to him. I mean, it's yeah, and you just wonder how it comes from. I mean, there's there's a certain thing like Kevin Durant actually yeah, has yeah, like yeah, cross eye yeah. dominance, yeah. They call it. Okay. So, he, but he, I mean, he oh. finishes over here, but he's not he's not like, over here. Yeah, I mean. Right. 
I actually have still photos because at the time uh, I was actually overseas doing clinics and uh, Magic Johnson had contacted me, wanted me to get with Lonzo. And I actually have still photos of Lonzo and with the ball over here. And actually I have live footage, but also still photos. So he's here. He couldn't even see the hoop. So his head is actually tilted on this angle here because he only can see like one like sixteenth of the rim. Yeah. Jeez. Might as well have been blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Magic was you know, Magic was asking me, what would you do with him? Because I was overseas at the time. And uh, I said, well, I would do a thing called one eye, one hand form. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I would take, I would tell him to take his left hand, cover his left eye. And now, when can he see the hoop? So first of all, I'm not going to be able to hold the ball this way unless I'm palming it. Yeah. And my hand would be on the side of the ball. Well, we want our hand in the center of the ball. So now if his hand's in the center of the ball, when could he see the hoop? is when his elbow would be above his lead foot. Even if I'm here, I, the ball's blocked in my view. When I bring it over here, now I can see the hoop. So I said there was a whole progression I would have done with him. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he ended up doing a great job. Uh, I think it was Fred Vinson was working with him. And I told Fred, you know, he did a great job. It was, it's not easy to change at that stage of your career. You know, he'd no, been in no. the league for a couple of years. But he realized he had him, you know, and even when um, – you know, when Stan Van Gundy was with the uh, Pelicans there, he said, we got to surround Zion with more shooters. We only have two shooters, Brandon Ingram and, and Ball. Yeah. And, I mean, he went from, like, non-shooter to boom. And, like, so this year he's shooting 40%. Yeah. So he got he's, like, he's a legit yeah. NBA shooter at this point. And I, t- and I tell people, you know, you can get better at it if you're willing to make changes. And I always use, like, uh, you know, Tiger Woods. How many times did he change his swing? He was already the greatest golfer in the world. He was still, like, making tweaks mm. to his, uh, mm-hmm. his swing and everything. And it's like, you know, that's what the great ones do. I mean, they, you know, keep trying to get a little bit better. You know, one little thing that I might never miss, you know, that is their mindset. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam, did you have the Yeah, one? Um, I guess we'll want to get into maybe a little more Raptors stuff. The Raptors are like a pretty interesting team because it seems like they aren't valuing three-point shooting like compared to the rest of the league. Like, like last night they had a lineup to close with, like without any NBA shooters at all. Our best shooters, Pascal Siakam. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he I, takes like two threes, maybe yeah. if you yeah. had a game. Yeah. We have Van Vliet and that's, that's it. A lot of nights. And, uh, do you think that's like a sustainable way to win in the NBA, considering that every other team really values three point shooting or at what point do you need well, to add some sort of shooting? I mean, it's, they've gone through like, you know, there's some people say, Oh, you need, you have to at least shoot 25 a game and everything. But you look at Phoenix, right? You know they're they're having a great year, and they're they're not like at the top of shooting threes and everything. No. Mm-hmm. The big thing is you have to have shot makers. You got to make mm, shots. Yeah. Like and uh, even even like you know you go back with Golden State who started this uh, you know whole thing. I mean they got shooters that could shoot. But the thing is even when I was when I was with Detroit and everything, we said you know what you're not going to be able to take away. They're going to have a they're going to have a spell where they might hit three or four threes in a row. You know, Steph's going to pull up from midcourt. You know, Clay's going to hit one. He looked great last night, by the way. He looked yeah, like the old Clay Thompson. But, uh, you know, the thing was, we wanted to take away their easy baskets because you're going to hit some threes, right? But they get a lot of backdoor cuts and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they get a lot of mid-range and everything else. And, like, and uh, you know, you have to take that. And I mean, offensively, I think you have to have a balance, but you can't, like, just, like, live and die in a threes. And I say this, like uh, – you see a lot of blowouts, like really bad, ugly games. So, for instance, like back in the old days, like, you know, before everyone was, you know, three-point crazy, say it was a, a 12-point game with two minutes and eight seconds left. 
Okay. I have the ball. You, you're up 12. Okay. I throw it into the low post. My big man gets an and one. Okay. Now there's two minutes left. We took six seconds off. He makes his free throw. We're down nine. We get a stop down the other end. Okay. We score. Now it's a seven point game. Right. And now there's a minute and 45 left or, you know, minute 30. We're still in. It. Now that's the way you used to chip away at it. Now we're jacking a three yeah. up, man. Now it doesn't go in. It's a long rebound, long rebounds, long shots equal long rebounds. So now it went from 12 to 14. So what do we got to do? We got to jack another three, man. <laughs> yeah, Boom, yeah. they missed it. Boom. You saw all of a sudden that 14 point lead went to a 22 point lead because we, it's like, oh, we got to, we got to shoot the three. Right. You know, and back then you see, okay, well, we can manage the clock, you know, and everything. But now it's like, you know, it's all of a sudden that lead all of a sudden goes the same thing. If, if the team gets hot, it can like dwindle, but it's like, you know, like, I'm a big believer, like, okay, you haven't made a three all day. Now, all of a sudden, the last two minutes, you think we're going to catch fire. That doesn't happen a whole yeah, lot, yeah. you know? So, but, uh, I think you have to have an even balance on it. But, uh, you know, you got to be make shots. I mean, like like DeMar DeRozan, he doesn't even bother shooting three. Yeah. You know, this is this is my bread and butter here. I mean, you know, and it's uh, – you look at the influx. Like, even when I was with the Knicks, the, the, my first year at the Knicks, we led the NBA in the history – we were the number one team in the history, the most NBA threes made in the history of the NBA. It's not even in top 50 anymore. Wow. Oh. I, probably not even in top 100, man. <laughs> you know, because it's just like, you know, it's just gotten so, so crazy. And it's, uh, you know, and even like you watch it even in college. I mean, some of these college games, I'm watching teams one for 14, the other teams two yeah, for 20. Yeah. I'm like. And they make that one and they get so no hyped about it. <laughs> No wonder the scores too. I went to a high school game. I, I work with this high school team every Wednesday morning, and uh, I went to watch them play. Uh, it was over Christmas, and the score was thirty nine eighteen at halftime. I left at halftime. I told the coach, I said, I can't watch it anymore. Oh, no. The other team had eighteen points. They had they made three threes. The other team. Now I don't know how many shots, but they made three, and they banked all three of them. Oh my god! Wow! So, it was like I said, I just can't. I can't watch. I mean. So I'm like, who told these kids that they can? Sh- they can't make. You can't make a free throw, and but you think you're going to shoot better. You know, you're lucky if you can make a, a layup and stuff. And it's like, but now you're going to shoot three. It's like I said, it's just, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. But it's it's like every sport, though. I mean, even in uh, even like you take the three point contest, right? What have they done with that? We got to have more scoring in that. So we got a whole rack of bonus balls. Oh, right. we got the four point play. Go mm-hmm. shoot that. So, boom, you know, uh, baseball, we got to have more scoring. You know, uh, you got to juice the ball up. You can't, you can't brush the guy back. See, if you hit two home runs off me, I can't give you a little chin music. You, you know, you get thrown out of the game. And, and in basketball, I mean, does anyone play defense anymore? Good question. <laughs> I mean, seriously, does anyone attempt to play defense? Every night somebody scores 50 points. Yeah. yeah. Katie, Katie mean, just scored 50. 50. Yeah. I read 50. It's like, uh, 50 is like the new, was like the old 20 or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like every, I mean, and I know, I mean, you know, you, you can't give a guy a hard foul. It's, you know, it's just, we're just so soft. And football, American football is the same way. You can well put a skirt on the quarterback, you know? It's just, <laughs> we've become so, so soft as a society down here south of the border. It's like, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, what? I mean, imagine. You remember when uh, Mikhail horse collared Kurt Rambis? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. You guys remember that? 
he'd be like he'd be out of the league. Oh, yeah. He'd be probably thrown <laughs> in jail in his day and age. You know, it's like, uh, but like it's just uh, like everyone talks about. Well, who who do you think would win? Like if Michael Jordan's team played the freaking. Uh, Steph Curry's 2017 Warriors right. or whatever, 2015 Warriors. And the thing is, could, could you – and, and I read a uh, thing the other day. Michael Jordan was – he goes, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in this era. Mm. He goes, you would have never seen what I was able to do. Because he would have been settling for a three-point jump shot. You wouldn't see him being able to do the great athletic things he'd do because he'd be just – you know. Yeah. And it was – I thought that was an interesting point, you know, because everyone now – like I said, three is just a – Big thing. And I, uh, you know, I've gone, I've watched like some AAU basketball. I don't know why. That's really bad. <laughs> but uh, so I just had nothing else to do. But like I watch AAU basketball. Every team has the same play. Take them, take them, take them. Everything's, what do you mean take them? It's all like, clear out. <laughs> oh, okay. They got the same play as you with it. Everybody take them. That's all they yell. And then every, like, they don't run layup lines anymore. Everyone just stands outside yeah, the three and yeah, chucks. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, it's like, the, it's not a violation to go inside the lane, you <laughs> yeah. know? And it's, um, I don't know. But I remember, uh, you guys remember Antoine Walker? Yes. Yep. With yep. the Celtics? Well, Antoine used to shoot a lot of threes, and I said to him, why do you shoot so many threes? He said, because there's no fours. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're, they're talking about yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. will eventually, uh, you know, Oh, that'll really yeah. be something with yeah. that. I don't, I don't know if I want to so, see that. But, that'd, just, that'd be kind of gross. Yeah. yeah. But, you so, know, but, you know, it's it. Go ahead. Oh, um, like, I think one of the reasons, like, or how the Raptors have sort of compensated uh, to a certain extent with the amount of threes that are taken is that we've kind of uh, drifted away from the traditional sort of. Uh, you know, you have three smaller guards and you have your one big man. And instead mm -hmm. we've opted for the, everyone is like six, eight, six, nine, mm -hmm. uh, six, ten, sure. and super long arms, super lanky. So right. that when those Switch rebounds, sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the, when yeah. the rebounds go flying because all these teams are shooting threes, like for example, uh, Chris Boucher last night, I mean, he's a player on the Raptors. Uh, he, yeah. mm -hmm. he had, well, what, nine, nine offensive, nine rebounds. offensive rebounds yeah, last and night. Cambridge had six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were playing against the Nuggets. I mean, they weren't they weren't shooting a, a ton of threes anyways. I mean, more right. than more mm -hmm. than uh right. than has used to be taken, yeah. but still, you know, you get these guys out here who have seven foot plus wingspans, they're grabbing sure. those rebounds. They're gonna grab them. Oh yeah. What's well, like uh you go back uh it was, it was uh before the pandemic, Patrick Beverly had a sixteen rebound game. Yeah. yeah. And Trey Young had a thirteen rebound game. You know, and it's because the longer rebounds, the big guys can't move as good. You know, so these little guards can run down the long rebound. But like you said, you know, everyone's now trying to get that long athletic guy, you know, like Scotty Barnes, yeah. you know, uh, where yeah, long Pascal Siakam, yeah. where where they can switch everything, you know, and everyone switches. Not Nobody yeah. guards their man anymore. No, it's like, no. heaven forbid, you know, I'm man up. This guy's not going to touch the ball. And that's one thing, like, you know, Everyone talks about the greatest of all time. I still think it's Wilt Chamberlain. I was old enough to see him play and what a species he was. But uh, the thing was, like, Michael Jordan, he wouldn't be switching out. You know, like, no. I remember a few years ago, and, like, LeBron was uh, – Kevin Durant was coming over with the Cavs, and he was right over midcourt, and LeBron go, goes to Kevin Love. Switch. It was, like, at midcourt. You mean to tell me Kevin Love's going to try to guard Kevin Durant? <laughs> wow. You can't switch that, man. I'm going to, you know, Jordan would have been down yeah. on four. And one thing about Jordan, I used to like always say, 
when he wasn't given, you know, when he had an off night offensively, I thought he became a better defender. Mm-hmm. You know, most guys, they don't have anything offensively, they don't give you anything defensively. Yeah. Like they hang their head, they run back. Jordan was like the opposite. Like, you know what? I don't have it going. Guess what? You're not even going to touch the ball now. Yeah. Like, you know, he just became a, a, a maniac down the defensive end. He goes, you know what? I'm not doing anything this end. Well, guess what? I, I still can give my effort defensively, but most people aren't that way. I got to be doing good offensively to give effort defensively. But, you know, that's why one of the reasons why I just thought, you know, Michael just, you know, would lock people down and so forth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we enjoy watching the Raptors so much is because we are so defensively minded as a team and defensively mm-hmm. oriented. And like, you know, Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri and, and Bobby Webster, they've they've really collaborated on trying to make sure that we prioritize. Like Kawhi Leonard, like, okay, amazing, amazing scorer, like, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. But one of the main reasons why we wanted him is because look who's in the front court, Pascal Siakam sure. and, and mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi Leonard. Like these guys are crazy, ridiculously and good. And Marcus sure. Hall, like crazy, ridiculously good yeah. um, uh, defenders. And that's why sometimes it's fun. Like it's, it's just fun to watch us on the defensive end because we'll yeah. just get steals after steals and arms are flying around and, you know, trying to, trying I remember to... Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was when the bubble was going on and uh, I was watching the, the Raptors and they were down like 28 and uh, he put, he took the starters out and he had Boucher in there and uh, <laughs> always, they came back, you know, and, uh, and they won the game. It was like just incredible. They just yeah, were that, fresh. That was the Dallas game. We all remember yeah, that. Was, that one goes down to history just, for us. It was just like crazy. I mean, yeah. like, what a comeback. And then Nick Nurse said, yeah, we had him right where we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and it was just, but it was just, it was just all done on the defensive end. You know, it was, yeah. uh, everyone was like, you know, hustling. I mean, Boucher is so active and long and, uh, you know, you need, you need energy guys. I yep, mean, yes. it's, uh, you know, you, you have to have guys that are like, you know, except in the roles and so forth. And, you know, it's funny, uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, I actually used to go and uh, do some stuff at his high school when Scotty was at University High before he transferred to Mount Verde and played for my buddy Kevin Boyle. But I've known Scotty for a few years and just the kid's got such a bounce, you know, mm. to his, his – got you know, he's got live – so almost like a newborn cult, you know yeah. what I mean? The way he, <laughs> He still hasn't figured it out yet. I mean, he's, he's a great, going to be a great player, and and I mean, you know, it, it's a toss up. I mean, he could he could very well be rookie of the year. I mean, Mobley's yeah. sort of like, you know, I mean, I don't know how that's going to pan out with who votes on it stuff, but I mean, look what he does. Look what he brings in. He hasn't like hit the rookie wall. Like Mobley had a spell there. All of a sudden, he was like, but Mobley's going to be a good one too. I mean, yeah, he's so that's... long and he, he he has a good feel. He does like what I lo- love about that. These guys are the basketball players. Scotty doesn't mm-hmm. go in and for like I'm going to take 30 shots a yeah, game, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. He lets the game come to him. He does whatever is needed in order to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets a steal. He gets the putback. You know, he takes a charge. Uh, you know, he takes it. You know, takes pride in the defensive end. You know, he's you know the guy that that does defend. You know, and everyone you know compares him to like a young Scotty Pippen, a lot of the yeah. experts and stuff with his length and the, you know his size and everything. And, and you know, Scotty's got a good feel for the game. He passes the ball well, and, and he's he's got a great personality. He's dynamic, yeah. you know, and stuff. So hopefully, we can build a team That's around good. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe one one more question. Yeah. So we have one more question for you uh, before we finish sure. this up. Uh, so you worked there with Kobe Bryant before he was drafted. Um, so yeah. I think the big thing I wanted to know personally is uh, 
before he was drafted, when you worked out with him, did you know he was going to be as good as he ended up being? No. No, actually, uh, I was working him out. You know, he's right out of high school. Arn Tellum was his agent, and I told Arn he's not ready for the NBA. Wow. And he wasn't. He wasn't. So thank you saying, wow, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's just rookie year. What are you doing rookie year? Last year, like not seven much. points a game, yeah. not much. Utah. Utah, Western Conference Finals. What do you do? Air balls. Four air balls. Damn. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right? Didn't affect him one bit because mentally he was so tough. He was so tough mentally. Now, let's go back. Nick Anderson. Remember Nick Anderson? Mm-hmm. Yep. Missed four free throws. Never was the same player. He was a slasher. Missed four free throws in the playoffs. Looked like a deer in headless. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to slash anymore because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. The free throw line. But Kobe, Mister Fort, didn't mind. Now I'll tell you one thing about Kobe, and it, I said it's a double-edged sword. You know, I've never worked with anyone else like him. It's been a blessing and a curse because as talented as he was, he paid attention to detail. When you're telling him to do something, he looked you right in the eyes. Wow. He didn't like turn away. Like you, right, Coach? You right? Give you a lip service. He said, I want to be the greatest player to ever play the game. And this is what he said, 17 years old. And I just said, darn, I think he should go to college. I mean, I really did. And he struggled. He, he didn't, like, come in and set the league on fire. No. And uh, so anything, one thing, though, like I said, so we're going out to uh, eat after we, the first time I worked him out. So Arn tell him sitting in the front seat. Kobe's in the back seat. Kobe's got uh, Street Smith's basketball yearbook. <laughs> So he's sitting in the back, and we're heading to go eat. He's like, Atlanta. Oh, I'm better than him. <laughs> oh, two years from now, I'll, I'll eat his lunch, man. Oh, this guy's garbage. Boom, Boston. He's going through Charlotte. He had like a hit list. So we thought he was better than I mean, you talk about – so and the other thing, like I said, you know, all these players say, I want to be like Kobe, this and that. Like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Everybody – it's easy to say you want to be like the guy was never late for a workout, always wanted to stay and do more. And it's just like, you know, you know, like people like, oh, yeah, well, I want to get it's easy to say you want to be like, but you got to like, you got to, you know, follow up on it. And, uh, you know, it's funny uh, when I was uh, with the Pistons, you know, we had Contavious Caldwell Pope and then, you know, he left us to go out to L.A. And uh, he posted a thing on Twitter. He goes, oh, I'm in L.A., man, I'm. I'm up at 5.30. I'm grinding. Everyone's (laughs) grinding. I tell you, I've never grinded a day in my life. You know why? I love what I do. Mm. A grinding isn't love, man. Grinding is like taking your teeth and throw up. I said, go grind all you want. I said, I I love what I do, man. I'm not not grinding. Grinding, grinding gears or whatever. That's like, you know, grinding your nails against the black. That that stuff's not pleasant. I said, see, I love what I do, so it's not a grind. It's not a grind, yeah. Grind would be if I ran a marathon. So KCP writes five five thirty in the morning. I'm up. I'm in the gym, man. I'm getting after it. I'm grinding this and that. So I uh, I texted KCP and I said, KCP, the only reason you're up at five thirty in the morning, you're still on East Coast time, man. <laughs> I said it's eight thirty. It's eight thirty. I said, let me see this post thirty days in a row. Never heard nothing from him. You know. So, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I guess that was a grind for him to get up at that hour. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Okay. So I think I think here's where we will wrap it up. So uh, we want to extend our thanks and gratitude over to Dave Hopla for yeah. coming on the show. It's awesome a, opportunity. such a, 
such a great opportunity, yeah. such an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, it's it's not really often that you know kids our age either get a chance to talk to people who are that this experienced and you know this knowledgeable when it comes to basketball and the NBA. So it's it's a it's our it's our honor to honestly have you on the show, and we are so excited for that. So I want to say thank you again so much, thank Dave, you. for well, thank coming you. on the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. No worries. I really appreciate. It. No worries. Stay in touch, man. You guys yeah. stay in Abs- touch. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I'm, I'm sure Joe Joe will be contacting me to see how it went. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to tell him right after this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate everything, guys. And uh, let's uh, let's see what happens closing the season out, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Try to get that six seed. Yeah, all right. Take all right. care, guys. Yeah, you Have too, a good man. one. Thank yeah. you. We'll see Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning into our interview with uh, – NBA shooting coach Dave Hopla. Um, We want to thank, again, we want to thank Dave so much for coming on the show, and it's been uh, a super fun experience to talk to him. That was great. Yeah, it was. It was. I had had a fun time. Um, So, thank you guys so much for listening to the Rap Chat Podcast. Remember, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, make sure to comment, and also subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating, and also, please leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Rap Chat Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every single week. Mm -hmm. I'm your host, Luke Dick. I'm Elias Eldridge. And I'm Sam Kenny. Peace. Peace out.